Have you ever been gaming or working online classes and your internet service constantly gets interrupted? First Nations Fiber is about to ensure that just won't happen again. Get ready for high speed at a new level. Click on fnfiber.com and sign up today. First Nations Fiber, empowering people through connectivity. And welcome to the Guagardaduni podcast, the Gunawage Tourism Podcast. And uh, today we're joined in the studio at Iriwaze by Kimberly Cross Zachary, Kevin John Saylor, and Lisa Phillips. Uh, wow. Welcome, everybody. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Hello. Thank you. So how's everybody doing? Very good. good. We're just saying we're a little tired. It's the day after the holiday parade here in Gahanawage. So, uh, you know, we're all getting warm again and. Just getting our energy back. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So last month on this podcast, we had discussed a couple of different things, uh, including the Let's Talk Tourism uh, sessions. sessions that were mm -hmm. held at Dodomaz. Yeah. So we had two sessions that were held at Dodomaz in this past month. We had some really good discussions with some people who came in uh, talking about how they want to see tourism grow. Um, some concerns that they had within the community about tourism. Um, some things that came up were safety, you know, uh, visitors being in certain areas. So these are all things that we're working on. So it was good having those conversations with community members, getting their input, their ideas. And, uh, you know, we're, we're going to be having some more. We have uh, a couple coming up. So definitely go look on our Facebook page for those dates. And make sure to come out. It's not going to be only at Dodamas. So we're going to have some sessions at Dewuduni Zakta in the lobby. So if you're going, check your post. You know, just take a few minutes and go and talk to us. <laughs> we want to hear what you guys have to say in the community. It's really important because it's not just our team making all these choices and decisions and ideas. It's coming from the community. So come on out on the, the coming dates that you'll see posted. We're, and we're going to be doing them monthly. From here on so I don't want to say dates and then we change them it's it's going to be out there and if you can't make our session dates our office is open from Monday to Friday so you can always stop in at our office and have a chat with one of the staff members so yeah I just wanted to briefly talk about those uh they've been going really well and um when we do have them at Dodomaz we always have a free coffee for anybody who comes in so it's kind of like an incentive and we'll have a snack too we've had banana bread so if you're a little hungry want a snack we can chat <laughs> <laughs> and and I, I guess it's events like that are uh, important to get uh, community feedback about the different things that tourism does and doesn't do mm -hmm. and, and what tourism is and what tourism isn't. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So for a lot of people who came in, we talked first about, well, what do we do at the tourism office and what are our goals and some of the activities that we plan? Because some people think it's just guided tours that we do or don't even know that we do guided tours. So. You know, we had that opportunity um, to talk about it and we had different age ranges. We had people from different, maybe social demographics. So hearing from those different perspectives, it really changes how we think about things or solidifies some of the things that we're doing. You know, hearing from maybe some elders who came in who were talking about, you know, back in the day when the tourists used to come and they would line up uh, at the church and the buses and everybody would have their stands out and we'd sell all our crafts and they're like, why can't we do stuff like that again? I'm like, okay, but what do you mean? What do you want to do? Like, how do you want to see it? How do you see that today? So we had really good talks, like stuff like that. Isn't it? Okay. Nice. 
Uh, so there was a couple other things that you want to talk about uh, in this um, episode. Yeah. So I guess just to give a, a brief update before we jump into our more fun topic for today. We did have our staff, our public relations officer, Kaya. She went to uh, Trois-Rivières. Um, I actually went with her for the day. And she was participating in the Bienvenue Quebec. It's a um, three to four day uh, trade show where she met with all different tour operators and receptive operators and agents. And she was basically selling our guided tours to these different operators so that they can sell it to their visitors or from people within the regions so people can come to us and we're on their activity schedule. So she had about 30 meetings. I like to call it speed dating <laughs> <laughs> because it's so fast. You get like 10 minutes with your, um, your meeting and you have to sell it within the 10 minutes, talk about it, give all the information you can, make that relationship and then boom, you're on to the next person. So tourism speed dating. So she did it. She did really well. We've already had some follow-up from there. And then on one of the days, Tourism Monterigi sponsored the lunch. And they invited Gahnawaga Tourism as well as Quebec Aboriginal Tourism to come and put on a little showcase. So what we did was we had um, Chef Ryland Diom come and he didn't prepare it exactly there on the spot, but he worked with the chef to prepare a meal that was reflective of harvest season and inclusive of indigenous foods. So that was really, really cool. You know, everybody sat down for lunch and his name was there on the menu and it had a little description of what everybody was eating. And then they had, um, I believe it was an Anishinaabe elder. He came in and he did the opening and um, talked about, you know, giving thanks and it was really beautiful. He sang a song and then they invited uh, myself up to go and talk about harvest and why it's important for us. And I had the great pleasure of introducing our project, which we're going to be talking about next, uh, our new building and what it's going to look like. So for the tour operators to have on their radar in 2026, that will be, you know, in operation and they can start bringing groups and we'll have all these, you know, pricings and options ready for them. So that was a really great opportunity. We had about 250 people in the room, all, you know, there for the same reason and in the same industry. So it was really I think that's it for that update. Okay. So now for, I guess, the next topic of discussion, um, there's going to be an important event coming up this week in regards to uh, a major project. Yeah. So we have our um, new cultural arts center that we're calling it for the capital campaign, which is a combination of the Ganyagahaga Unguwana Rautichukwa Language and Cultural Center, as well as the Turtle Island Theater, as well as Gothamaga Tourism. <laughs> We'll have our new museum in there, a great theater space, and it's going to be a community building. So this coming weekend, we are doing our groundbreaking. And I invited um, Kevin and Lisa here today to kind of talk about, you know, what it means to their two organizations and what it means for the community. We haven't really had this like heart to heart part yet. You know, like we've talked about it on the radio before, but like, let's get this is our opportunity, right? Like we can just talk about it here and say say what you want about the project. So <laughs> you guys can jump in whenever you want. Um, well, yeah, thanks. Uh, I'll start. Um, I've just, uh, I guess the, the whole vision of having a, a theater in the community uh, to help develop our, our, our children, our adults, uh, the, all their talents came, came about about 35 years ago when um, I started teaching uh, a drama and music at Cattery School 
And the principal at the time, uh, who, who actually, Gagayusta was the principal, and she put in the first $5 to raise money for uh, the, uh, an auditorium or theater. And she used to tell me that uh, the drama and the arts were worth uh, 10 psychologists. So I, I used to like that she would say that. She said, if, if the kids, the students are involved in something like that, uh, that really helps them a lot. And, uh, and I have seen it through the years, wh whether we're doing um, a story from our own community, whether we're doing a story like we did uh, Beauty and the Beast this summer that was set in France, doesn't matter where the story's from. We, we learn how to work together. We learn uh, all the, uh, how, to, how to put things together and the students learn how to cooperate with each other and, and to have fun while they're doing it and to see the process of doing it. Uh, so it, it opens up this whole world to them. And, um, and the more we can do it, the more hopefully we stimulate people in our own community to be writers of stories so that we can put them on stage because we don't have that many things on stage from our community, but let, let's, uh, let's uh, get our, our writers, people to, to want to be those writers to put things on stage. So, and this, we're, right now we're, uh, we've had four different uh, makeshift spaces for theater. Uh, originally, we first did our shows at the Knights of Columbus, then we moved to the United Church Hall. Then we moved to Cattery Hall, then we were out of Cattery Hall, and now we're back in Cattery Hall. <laughs> so uh, we're, we, we've been looking for a, a home for a long, long time. Um, and as I said, the first fundraising began in 1989. And uh, so we've, we've, we're, hope, we're hopeful, uh, not hopeful, we know this time it, it's happening. Uh, it's, it's twice before been happening and didn't happen. So this time it is really happening. So yeah. we're really excited about it. And uh, we have kids, we have teens, we have adults who want to get back on stage. And it's, it's not just about performing, it's about being together, learning together, and uh, cooperating with each other. And, uh, and also wel welcoming families to see what they do, welcoming the outside world to see what we do, and to share the talents of everybody. I'm really looking forward to it. So am I. Yeah, so <laughs> am I. I have to say, um, it's nice to have partners for this project. You know, it's not just KOR anymore. And it's nice, you know, to have you guys involved in this, that we're going to be sharing the space. And even at the beginning, I find too, like it was Trina and I, right, that we're just working, working, working. Mm -hmm. And um, when I went to see Beauty and the Beast, for me, that was the moment where I felt like, yes, this is happening. You know, because like we, we attend meetings, we do things, we make these decisions, um, design, whatnot. But when I actually was sitting there in the audience and watching the show with my granddaughter, I was like, okay, this is happening now. Nice. You know, because all of this time talking, we hadn't seen any performances, right? Because right. we had this gap for so many, 10 years ten at years least. Gap, yes. Yeah. So seeing that show was like, oh, yes, this is going to happen. Like this is happening. Nice. Um, I know for myself, I had went one time, I had never gone to see um, the musical entertainers. Right. And um, my middle girl, Paxton, her grandmother is Bella Kane, the late Bella Kane. Yes, she was a big part of that And group. she was a big part of it. So we attended a show one year. Somebody gifted us tickets. So we went and it was amazing. Mm -hmm. I left there feeling light, feeling happy, feeling full of love and the Christmas spirit. And seeing those elders up there, you know, Bella, uh, Shirley Scott, right. who worked for KOR, to see Gagayusta, to see Gaidi Dake. You know, and they're all people that are involved in theater and right. drama, but also involved with KOR. Mm -hmm. Yes. You know, so to see these women up there, it was just, oh, it was amazing. Right. So I think that, you know, not, 
I think I know that once this building is up and we start having these shows again, it's going to be amazing and people are Mm going to leave there and come away with great feelings. Mm -hmm. But I think also, I just want to say for that show, Beauty and the Beast, when I was there, I was so amazed with the level of professionalism that the children, Mm -hmm. the talent, the talent, but also it wasn't even the talent. It was the level of professionalism that they had. Um, when I was there, it was one of the kids, I believe, got sick. And right. then you had to throw in one of your team leaders That's or right. Oh my God, that was and, amazing. Yeah. And the kids didn't even <laughs> blink an eye. They just went with they it. They went with it. Yeah. And it's amazing. And so many kids, so many different ages. And to see the, yeah, the, the, the talent that they had, but that professionalism. And to me, that just shows, you know, what, what theater and drama instills. Right. You know, and that teamwork to see how well, perfectly oiled that whole thing you know it, it's great the adaptability well, of the oh, children yes. to uh, yeah. like all the skills that they're learning yeah i mean i i remember going to the shows i think i've i haven't missed the show because mm-hmm. my younger sister was in mm-hmm. drama right. forever so you know i've i've been to them all and my older cousins were in the shows and i you know i remember watching greece and like my sister having a crush on one of the main mm-hmm. you know <laughs> characters and she was like eight years old and it was hilarious and like, I look up to so many of those people that I saw in those mm-hmm. shows now as adults, I still look up to them. Yeah. And, you know, I, I participated myself in it for a little while, but I wasn't like the actress type. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I was more like in behind the scenes and um, learning so much from that. You know, I know that I can attribute so much to my life and I see so many adults in our community who use the skills that they learn, you know, throughout theater into their everyday lives and their jobs and parenting and relationships. Right. It's really amazing to see it coming back. I was really emotional watching the Beauty and the Beast show yeah. because I remembered all of these feelings and I hadn't seen it in our community for so long. And like my mom had come to watch with me and I could see her and we're both crying during the show because like, it's like every emotion coming out, you know, happiness mm-hmm. and sadness for the show, like whatever's happening and, you know, like just, immense joy I think like we were just so happy and then watching like my son because he's like I guess he might be mad for me saying this on the podcast but he's so shy he doesn't want to do theater yet but then watching the pianist who was playing throughout the show he's into music mm. and I'm like look at that yeah. you could be part of it in doing music and his mm-hmm. eyes went so big mm-hmm. he didn't realize it you know that it's not just getting on stage and acting it's a whole production where you have people who are doing the lights people who are doing the music, people are who are working backstage, who made the costumes. And it's just so great, you know, that we have it again here in the community and that like, we're going to have that permanent home. I just, I, I'm getting all excited yeah. about people it. People <laughs> often ask me why, what I, why I love theater so much. It, it, it kind of, it, it helps me to learn about our whole world. Uh, it helps me to learn so many things about our, the world and, and how to work with people and how to, to uh, kind of put, put a group of people together who may not know each other and, and come out with a, a wonderful product, but just, just this feeling of accomplishment and, and happiness. I've said that before to, in different, to different people, it's a, it's a feeling of happiness as well that you accomplished something and uh, learned how to do something new. I have a little side story, I guess. Mm-hmm. Well, we've had many passings right in the past little while in the community. Unfortunately that happens, but I did see last week there was, you know, there was a funeral and I saw the day of, I saw two of your main characters sitting on the side porch from the show. And one of them, it was her, I guess her grandfather. 
but you had one of the other main characters there, a young gentleman and young, they are sitting on the porch with her to support her. And I noticed that. And when I went home, I had told my daughter, I said, you know how nice it was? Like I saw this young gentleman there sitting on the porch with her and they Mm -hmm. were laughing and telling stories and in her time of need. So that extends beyond that stage. The, the, the connections and, and relationships yeah. that form, you know, that in her time, he was there right. sitting with her on the porch. Oh, that lovely, lovely story. Yeah. yeah. So Saturday, what time, <laughs> what time does everything get started? Yeah. So Saturday, um, we're all going to be gathering at the new site of our new cultural arts center. Um, for those of you who aren't aware. It is located in the forest area next to the Gantamawagi Survival School. So we're going to be using Survival School's parking for this groundbreaking because we don't have parking yet (laughs) (laughs) at our site. If people do need, you know, walking, uh, assistance walking and getting to the site, we do have that available. I believe we are beginning at 10 a.m. So it's Saturday, November 25th at 10 a.m. We'll be gathering and we'll be doing a little groundbreaking ceremony. I'm sure some words will be shared and then we're going to be gathering inside in the cafeteria at KSS for a a meal. We're going to share a meal together. It's kind of like potluck style, uh, our committee. So there's the three of us, but then there's also many other committee members, Jessica Hernandez from the theater and Brittany Laborn. We also have Tammy Delarone from Dewaduni Zakta, Dewizende Deer from uh, KOR. So we have Trina, who's from the MCK, and she's our, our rep on the file from MCK, but she works so tirelessly uh, towards our project. The whip at us. Yeah, she's, you know, really leading um, everything. Uh, we have Louis John, our project manager. Um, who else did I miss? Anybody? Our, our, but our whole team, like all our, our staff are all invited. Um, you know, like Lisa's, I'm sure going to invite the students, her board. And Lisa, you, you have to get speakers, is that correct? Or you invited a speaker? Yeah, an elder. Okay. So an elder. I've asked Charlie Patton to come. And that I did with the, um, there was a reason for that because he's been so involved with KOR, especially from the beginning, you know, historically. So that's why I reached out to him. Great. Yeah. But I'm going to be extending an invitation, a personal invitation to some of our uh, previous board members and, and our executive directors as well, you know, because this is, in now 2023 you know that we're moving forward into that but i mean they're part of our history and this they got us to here so i want to make sure talk a little bit more about kor's history and getting here and well it's been a long time i mean we've been night since 1978 and i do know that in the early 80s i believe it was about 81 82 that there was an attempt to build a new cultural center in the same exact spot that where we're building now that i know because i've I've been there for 23 years. I've read everything. I've read all our minutes and all the history of KOR. Also, starting KOR, the cultural center at the time, you know, we had some key people in the community like Charlie Pat and uh, Janine Bova, Muriel Deer, all of these women that are, they're no longer with us. And they were also key in, in, the, in the combined schools committee, you know, uh, with KEC and, and, and the beginning of, K, uh, of Ganawage Survival School. So looking back and reading about all of the history, I also know that that's, that was the vision of the people who started the cultural center, that to have a new building and to have it on that site. So that was something I just kept, you know, in telling the community at the time, 
you know, when we started more vigorously in 2018. I don't want to say we started in 2018 because we didn't. This has been long, long. I think that's coming. more when we began, with, you know, setting the plans yeah. and doing the feasibility study. Yeah. Because there's so much work that goes into it. It's mm-hmm. not just like, oh, we want a building. Let's no. just make a drawing. No. You know, there's a lot more that we've had to there do. There is. And the thing is, honestly, I remember like, because I've been in, in and out of the position of interim ED for, for many years. And, I rem- and so I've attended the board meetings. And I remember at one point just saying to the board, listen, we need to talk about a new building. We need to seriously have this conversation. It's not okay anymore for us to just say we need a new building and do absolutely nothing because that's what had been happening all of this time, except for that one attempt, you know, and then there've been feasibility studies with different plans, one for the island. There's been different Mm -hmm. plans, right, in place that I believe was the long home uh, study, but nothing ever came, you know, to fruition. And and to just say we need a new building, but do nothing, it it doesn't work anymore. So I, I just really, really pushed and said, we need to do this. And then I remember having a conversation with uh, Thomas Sky at the time, asking, okay, what will happen on this spot where we were currently at, uh, which is, you know, the, the old school, mm-hmm. uh, going to Nordu building. And can we have that building, you know, that site to rebuild? And I was told no, because it's too small. You know, you mm-hmm. can't like uh, for exits, entry and exit and all of that. So, well, what can we do? So then that's when we started to really get proactive in having discussions. We were also told that we had to have a partner, that the community would no longer build, you know, a building for one, for one like organization, for one sole purpose. It had to be multi-purpose. So that's, we, I know we talked to the library as well to see if they would be a partner with us because we have a library, specialized, but we still have. But they really wanted to stay in the center of town with the, with the, the location that they have. Then the other was theater, because we do Dedewajarunyo during winter carnival. We have language gatherings, you know, that we host in the moose and the nights and all of this. And even Dedewajarunyo, we do at the nights during winter carnival, during KYC's winter carnival. And I believe it's the most attended event during winter carnival. And we end up with standing room, and I'm sure we probably mm-hmm. exceed what's allowable under the fire, <laughs> the fire codes. But yeah. <laughs> So that's where it all started. And it just really went from there. And I'm happy. I guess it was just the right time, the right people and to get this moving. Yeah, I think it's a nice combination. It's a nice combination. And I do want to just say where we talk about Gatunwagi Cultural Arts Center, that is the name that we have for now, simply for the capital campaign. For now, we are going to be coming up with a new name, you know, that we will be talking to people about and bring people in, probably our elders. We will come up with a great name to capture, you know, all of the building. Mm-hmm. But Gunawage Cultural Arts Center is, is just for the intents of right. that. And the capital campaign, uh, if people aren't aware either, mm-hmm. is um, we have a team of people that are trying to raise all of the funds for the entire building. The building is costing us $56 million. And, you know, we're on our ways to reaching that goal. So we have a capital cabinet, people who are going out there and, you know, seeking those funds. And it could be through uh, donors. It could be through funding programs. So we're active in doing that at the same time as doing all of the building plannings and, uh, you know, making sure that all the T's are crossed and the I's are dotted on all these 
paperwork contracts and funding applications. And, you know, we're doing we're doing a lot of work to get there. So we the capital campaign needed something to say, well, we're not just going to say it's the multipurpose building in Gunawagi. Like, let's give it yeah. a name for now. And it's great. Our project manager, Louis John, has this beautiful schedule that we're following. And we know exactly when everything's going to be done for the project. So the naming is included in there at some point. And everything that we have to do is included in there. It's really, really great. So we're, we're on track right now. And we have, um, you know, a great architect team that we're working with. And if you haven't seen our new design, we have a model at the cultural center. So you can go in and see it. It's in the boardroom still? No, actually, it's when you first come in, you'll okay. see it. So it's re- it, it really like stops you, you know, in your breath and you look at it and you really get to take it in. And uh, I know the first time I saw it, I'm like, oh, look, I'm standing right there. That's where I'm going to stand. Yeah. <laughs> Lisa's like, oh, there's me, my office. And then we placed Kevin too. And it was, oh, that was fun. But, you know, you get to really look at it and it, it kind of like hits you. This is what it's going to look like. You know, it's so close. And, you know, we're really working on letting the community know everything that's involved in it and all the steps that the community can be involved too. Because there's going to be a lot, you know, we're talking about having artist inclusion because, mm-hmm. you know, it's not just going to be a building with white walls. You know, we have to have our artists involved and our museum, you know, Dave Wiesende is working real hard with the architects to get that museum to the right vision, uh, to have everything that we need, you know, showcased. And I think you can hear that I'm excited, but <laughs> we're all very excited. Yeah, we are. And I know I had seen, uh, I believe it was on social media they. I think it was the invitation. So you see the picture and somebody had made a comment. Of course, it looks like Tony Stark's home. <laughs> and I and I guess that word Stark, you know, maybe you could you might think that when you look at the picture because you just see white, mm-hmm. you know. But I just want to stress again, like this is the work of many, many people, the vision of and we had to incorporate the needs and the wants and everything of of a lot of people, a lot of stakeholders in the community. This isn't just what Lisa wants or Kimberly or Kevin. It's what everybody wants. And the thing is, again, like I and I used to say this when people would come to our old location, you know, I would be apologetic right away. Please don't judge us by the outside. Everything, the heart is inside in the work that we do. So the warmth and all of that will be contained within the building again with the work mm-hmm. that we do, you know, so. So groundbreaking ceremony is on Saturday. Saturday, this Saturday, the 25th. At 10 a.m. Yes. When does construction start? Shortly after. Shortly after, I believe. Yeah. Shortly after. We're going to be working. They're going to be working in the winter months. Yeah. Okay, great. So it's really, we're really right there, right? right? Oh, yes. Like we're at the the cusp of, of, of a lot of great things to come. Oh, for sure. Yes, yeah. Definitely. And I think to us, the, the catalyst for all of this was once we received the announcement that we were approved for $16 million. And that was uh, through a funding envelope. Uh, creating safe spaces in Indigenous communities. And 16 million is a lot. And that Mm -hmm. was the catalyst. And the thing is, we weren't even, I came upon, somebody in the community said, hey, you know, look at this. What do you think? Maybe you should take a look at it. And I was like, oh my God. So there was um, an info session. An info session. So I was in there and I was like, oh my God, this is for us. And I was writing notes and taking pictures and sending it to Trina and and we, we just hit the ground running and we were still on Christmas mm-hmm. break and having meetings with them because they wanted to talk to us. So we knew that this was more than likely going to happen. And it did. We received word soon after 16 million. Amazing. Yeah. 
It is amazing. And we've had a lot of donations since then that are coming in from various parts of the community, um, business businesses within the community. You know, we are going to have different opportunities for community members to continue donating. And it is possible right now. It's on the website for KOR. But really come out to the groundbreaking. Like we want people to come out. We mm-hmm. want to have this moment with everyone. We will do a grand opening when we have our building. But this is, you know, that first little step that, that we're getting one. there. Yeah. And we're so excited. We want to share it with everyone. We want to be able to share our excitement and our happiness with the rest of the community. So please come on out yeah, please Saturday. Please come in for us. We, I hope all the uh, past Turtle Island Theater members will come out. Uh, many are in their 30s and 40s now. So I hope they'll, they'll come and see what we've been talking about for 35 years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, thank you very much. For, for your time today and uh, we look forward to the groundbreaking and uh, for our next episode and uh, whatever we're going to be talking about then. For sure. Okay. Y'all go. The views and opinions of the guests expressed in this podcast do not reflect those of Redewise and its employees.